Welcome to the Mike Litton Experience Podcast. Mike has over 31 years experience in real estate, finance, and investing. He's passionate about being a father, a teacher, a realtor, an investor, and a leader. Everyone has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And now, introducing the host of the Mike Litton Experience, Mike Litton. So what can you expect from the Mike Litton Experience? You can expect stories that will inspire, motivate, advice that will sharpen your focus, and expert information on real estate, finance, and market conditions. Jesse Wright. Hi. Thank you so much for being on the Mike Litton Experience. Absolutely. I'm excited. I'm so excited to have you here. So as you know, as we talked about before we hit record, everybody has a story and our passion is to help them tell it. So with your permission, we're going to start with where you were born and go all the way up to today. Okay. And then we can talk about anything you'd like to talk about today. Okay. okay. Just ask me all the questions. Okay, let's I got go. all the answers. So where were you born? <laughs> okay. So I was actually born in West Virginia. Really? Born and raised in West Virginia. So East Coast was, girl. Yes. Well, is West Virginia East Coast or is it Midwest? That's an interesting it's question. It's an interesting question. So, it I don't know. It might be Midwest. I don't have an answer. I think it's like literally Virginia is definitely East it's Coast. Definitely East Coast. But West Virginia is right next to Ohio. Actually, Ohio that's Midwest. Midwest. Actually, that's a good, that's a good, good point. Question. I never thought about that. Yeah, so I'm a, I don't know. I'm a little both. So you grew um, up in West Virginia. I grew up in West Virginia uh, until I was 18. And then I went to college. Uh, I did my freshman year at a local community college. Okay. Realized it was way too small town for me. And I wanted to do, I went to the bigger state school, WVU, West Virginia University. Um, and from there, I stayed, I stayed four years there. And then... Um, I, and here's a fun fact. Um, I've moved three times in my life, um, like big moves. Mm -hmm. Even from where I was from in West Virginia to West Virginia University, it was only an hour and a half away. Mm -hmm. But I went from a town that was predominantly just like white people. Mm -hmm. Like we had two half black people I graduated with in, in, a, in a class of 400. Well, not my class, but our school was 400 people. Um, but um, yeah, about 400, I believe. But like mostly like just white people, right? Which is fair and fine and all the things, but it was very small town mentality. And then when I moved to uh, WVU, I saw black people, I saw Italian people, I saw Chinese people. I was like total culture shock, mm -hmm. truthfully. I was like, who are all these people? Where did you come from? Like, international right? sampling, yeah. Yeah, and it was like, but it's an it was only an hour and a half away from my home. I couldn't believe it. So it was the best experience of my life, my college experience. And getting exposed to all these different things um enjoyed my time had a great time um got my degree and then um i actually dated a guy who was a couple years younger than me and he was from um long island new york and um he was jewish on top of that mm -hmm. so like that was a whole nother kind of like opening of like religion and different culture to me which was really cool kind of again makes you who you are you know um and long story short, he, we fell in love and he had a couple more years before he graduated. So I was like, all right, I'll wait on you. And I was selling Cutco clothes or I was selling Cutco knives at the time. So I've been in it. Cutco. I was in Cutco for damn, 10 years. I wow. Think. Maybe, maybe 11. I didn't know that. A long time. Yeah. So I sold Cutco and I just stuck around my college town because it was also 2009. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, it's 2009. 
and I didn't go try to get a big girl job because I was like, I'm making just as I'm making great money, but I'm single. I mean, I was, I was pretty good at selling knives. <laughs> like I'm in their like hall of fame or whatever. So like, I was really good at what I did. I didn't feel like going to get a big girl job. So I waited on that guy to graduate. And then I was like, well, wherever you get a job, I'll just go sell Cutco there. Why not? Cause you could sell Cutco anywhere. Of course. So he got a job in Boston and I was like, I'll go to Boston. Mm -hmm. So we went to Boston. I stayed there for, I was in Boston from 2014 to, I'm sorry, 2012 through when I moved here in 2017. Okay. Yeah, so, and then relocated to San Diego. And what I was gonna say is every time I've moved in my life from West Virginia to that, uh, just to that little one uh, one hour away, mm -hmm. I moved for a guy I was dating, fell in love in, uh, on prom night, mm -hmm. my senior year, dated him all summer and realized like, he went to the big state school, I went to that community college, but we just would see each other on the weekends. Again, went to that big state school, dated him for four years. But uh, I moved for a guy. Uh, I moved to Boston for a guy. And I moved to San Diego for a guy. This is a and, theme. And guess what though? A running theme. And it is. And, and when I say that, some people, when I've said that to people in the past, they'd be like, oh, you've moved for a guy? Like, 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 who are you? Like, you can't like take, like almost like you can't take responsibility and um or like you've needed them to like escort you in a way and it and i always joke because i'm like every time i've moved my life has got exponentially better oh yeah oh yeah and um that person helped me get there mm -hmm. and i'm still friends with those guys that i dated actually mm -hmm. not the first one <laughs> but like, whatever i'm wishing luck uh, but the, the other two are even one of them's in my business and mm -hmm. writes for us for our magazine. Mm -hmm. So like, that's another whole funny thing. But, um, the, these people have all helped me get where I'm going mm -hmm. and my life's got exponentially better mm -hmm. every single time. And so whenever I talk to somebody and they're like, and they're from San Diego and they're like, Oh, I'm born and raised here. And again, nothing wrong with that. But I'm like, you really want to challenge yourself. You really want to grow fucking move Ooh, yeah. move that is my biggest like tip if mm -hmm. people are like i want to grow i want to like see what's out there because i felt like west virginia couldn't really hold me in a way mm -hmm. um like i felt like i was destined for something a touch bigger and then when i got to boston i felt that way and i really enjoyed it and i would have stayed in boston but it was getting really cold in the winter <laughs> and the weather you know isn't exactly fun but it was but it was a really really amazing experience for a young 20 20 year old 20s you know and we i just had a blast living there um and then obviously i've been here i met my husband here uh and now we have two kids back to back two little boys so awesome. yeah so like and i wouldn't have met him if i didn't move here. like all of the things you know mm -hmm. when you kind of like peel it back it's really neat to to think about the journey and even quit like you know having conversations with you or having people like you and other people that i've met and just like the direction that this the road winds it's really fascinating it's circuitous it's, it's crazy it's like it's like looking at a photo of a tributary it just good right Seriously. and your life is just like right and, and it's, it's and, and it's, it's part of it's like part of why one decision it's part of why we're doing this because right. everybody has like i told you this story about the mayor of escondido right. ago, you know everybody has a, 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 a fascinating story and it's like I interviewed a 24 year old the other day that's a former gang member that wow. literally is one step away from all he has to do is say yes. 
He's one step away from from admission to Harvard Law School. No way. No joke. All he has to do is say yes. Everything, he's got three letters of recommendation, two former Harvard Law School alums. Wow. Um, and, a, and a Stanford Law graduate that were former professors of his. This kid had a 4.0 GPA in college, graduated high school early. The second semester in his freshman year, he was he was attacked by a by a gang member, an active gang member that had been trying to kill his cousin, trying to find oh, and kill his cousin. God. And he said, "You're going to be." He said, "Since I can't find your cousin, you're going to be the replacement. I'm going to I'm going to kill you now." And he pulled a gun, pulled a, a knife on him. This kid wrestles the knife away from him, but because the school has a zero tolerance policy, they expel him two weeks before the end of his. Uh, freshman serious? year so he flunks his entire second semester of freshman year goes home it all intents and purposes he should be either in prison or in jail or in or dead he goes home tells his mother that there's a charter school down the street charter high school down mm -hmm. the street he wants to enroll there he wants to do independent study he does he graduates early with a 4.0 gpa goes to san diego city college 4.0 gpa applies to uc gets a gets a admitted to ucsd and they call him the next day and say, you qualify because of your GPA for the Chancellor um, Scholarship, which pays for everything. Wow. Next two years, he goes to school there on the Chancellor Scholarship, graduates number six in a class of 400, okay? And literally is one step away. All he has to do is say yes, wow. and he's in Harvard Law. Wow. I mean, and, and he's 24 years old, and he's everybody in his family, on his mom's side, his dad's side, everybody's active gang members. Every single one of them. No way. Well, every single one of them. It's the way he grew up. And his grandfather knew the Crazy. principal at Otay Ranch High School, and he got him into Otay Ranch High School as a favor because he wanted to get him out of gang. Right. He was in City Heights. He wanted to get him out of, you right? It's crazy. Right. The way that people's lives happen. Right. And and the story, the stories are just amazing. Yeah. They're just absolutely amazing. By the way, all the stupid stuff I've ever done, all the stupid, crazy stuff I've ever done in my life was because of a chick. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so I'm not allowed. So you're okay. talking. You're talking. <laughs> Hello. Not allowed, yeah. Okay, I mean, that, you know, the idea of moving—that's tame compared to some of the stuff I've done. Yeah, girl. Bro, yeah. Right. Bro. I just don't tell my wife because I, I, you know, she says she doesn't listen to these, so yeah, I think we'll be good. She probably does. I think we'll be good. But, but it's one of those. It's one of those things where, you know, you. Going places because of love is not a bad thing. No. And you grow, like you said, from the experience. Totally. And it's so cool. I mean, it's, <clears throat> it is absolutely the way people grow. Yeah. You know? For sure. And it's like, I mean, well, Greg Cardone talks about it all the time. You don't know anybody where you're going. Right. Potentially. You might know a few, and I did, when I moved to, let me see. No, man, I didn't know anybody in Boston. My whole family's from West Virginia. I only had one cousin that moved away. And that one cousin still moved away. Yeah. <laughs> like, everybody's in West Virginia, yeah. and that's good. But that's the the fascinating part. I didn't know anybody there. I had to create and cultivate a friend group and just business group. And then same here. Mm -hmm. I knew like three people, and they weren't even associated with real estate. So I had to start from the bare bones. Yeah. Which and we're getting, I, well, I we're met, getting into January, and I feel like I just start again from the bare bones. I way, met you so. at work. Yeah. I met you at a photo shoot. Where, where did we meet? You guys were doing a photo shoot of me joining oh, yeah. Daily's company, and that's how I met you. Oh, that's right. Okay, because I was like, wait, 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 like I love that you. I met you at one of our fixtures. Yeah. 
You don't I remember. Yeah, no, I do remember the I'll fixer. I'll never forget it. No, I met you because I remember. Was it the fixer that you walked down the stairs? Yep. Yeah, I know exactly where I met. Yeah, and you had to sit on the you had to sit on the stairs and right. So I met a so I met a thing the other day the the um, um, the celebration of life that you did for Sonia. Yes. Um, that was one of the coolest things I've ever I've ever been to in it my life. It was literally my favorite event that I mean, I've ever done. I, you did such a great job, and it was such an honor. It was such a, an incredible way to honor her and her family. You know. Um, and I'm, I'm at that event and I'm standing talking to people and apparently I meet too many people and apparently I have a memory problem, uh, <laughs> but I met your photographer and I, and I said, you know, I, I stuck my hand out and I shook her hand and she goes, I know you. Valeria. And I'm like, you do? And she goes, yeah, I took all your photos. Oh, she remembers. She goes, she takes a lot she of goes, photos too. Were, she goes, you got the giggles. And I took your photo. She did. She took what, like some of those photos where I'm look like I'm losing my mind. Yeah. It's because I have the giggles. Yeah. Like I was cutting jokes at that seven yeah. unit apartment yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. and I was cutting jokes, and and she was egging me on. Yep. Right. And at one point, I pointed at her. She took my photo. I yeah. pointed at her, and what I was pointing at her to say was, "Stop it!" Right. Yeah. Because. I was literally, I had the giggles and I couldn't stop. It was bad. It yeah. was really bad. No, but those make for great photos. Oh, it was awesome though. I mean, so, it was like, and, you know. She probably wanted you and, to and, and I took a whole bunch of photos when we were putting this podcast together. I took a whole bunch of photos um, that have been taken of me. And they used nearly every single photo she took from your from yeah, your magazine. She's really good. I, I'm not joking. Yeah. And she's like, and I'm like, why did you pick those? They said, well, you look really happy. Right. And you're not always that happy. <laughs> And you're really approachable, and you look kind. Okay. Well, apparently I don't look very kind regularly, but yeah. oh well, you know, right? I mean, I, I'm not joking. I sent so them, funny. I sent them 15 or 20 photos, right? And they, all the ones they picked are all the ones from your I magazine. Love that. It, was I love that. it was crazy. I love that. No, and she shout out to Valeria. She's very, very, very good at what she yeah. does. But she literally she's literally looked at me and she goes, and like I know you. <laughs> no, and going back to that, well, like, um, I'm so sorry. That Sony event, you know. Something is interesting in business and in life is like being vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I learned, like, you know, I'm a businesswoman, mm -hmm. I'm fun loving, I'm a high D, high I type of personality. I don't take a lot of <laughs> or, a, you know, like, you know, mm -hmm. if, if I'll call a spade a spade, mm -hmm. is what's up. Like, even if. And I love that about you. Yeah, and I think most people do. They do. Um, if they don't, then it's, it's, they, I can't change. It's who do. I am, right? They do, I promise you. <laughs> but that's what's up. And so I remember that event and why that event stood out to me so much is because, and if you were there, were you there for the speech? I went into this with my written speech and I was thanking our sponsors and um, I'm just looking at everybody and I start to break down and cry in front of people on stage. And that's very, that's not something I'm used to doing, right? Mm -hmm. And it was so, from my point of view, being up on stage and literally having everybody look at me, but in a way um, where you could literally hear the, a pin drop. It was, in, at all of our events, it's never that way. Cause people are boozing and drinking. People wanna continue their conversations they're having uh, to get a deal done or yeah. talk about a deal or whatever, right? Or just finish what they're talking about. No one ever just is completely quiet. And to have the whole audience of about 330 or 300, uh, 400 ish people there, 
like just completely silent it was like it still gives me goosebumps mm -hmm. to think about it me because too. it's like it was it but, but it also just shows you how important that chick was to this community and to her family and like they just invited me to their holiday party they're gonna do on um in a couple weeks and i'm like i'm not gonna miss that like i miss her man i miss sonia like she was just a light so it really sucks that you gotta lose like the again the ebb and flow of life but you know cancer comes and it comes for people that like really just shouldn't don't deserve it at all mm -hmm. and that's what i think is fascinating about cancer in general like how come and it's short it kills other people but why don't you kill the one that like yeah. like no, the one that. that was a piece of shit, you know that, that like wasn't good to their family wasn't good to business like like didn't contribute to society you know like harmed other people like and it goes it always goes for like the one that is like the complete opposite and does like really good for other people so i have a theory about that oh tell me yeah so it's this is gonna sound really weird but um i believe that god picks these people okay and i believe that he picks them <clears throat> sorry i believe that he picks them because people love them mm. If, if people didn't care about those people, he wouldn't pick them. Yeah. Okay? And what's interesting is, you know, there, there are people, I guarantee you, in Sonia's family that are still mad at God for what he did. Oh, sure. Okay? But I also guarantee you this. There are people that went to that celebration of life, and they watched you be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And it changed their life. I, I, I... There are people today, I'm not joking that are more spiritual than they were. They're, they love their family more. They, they are eating better. They're, they're doing, sorry, they're doing things that they were putting off, mm -hmm. okay? One of the coolest things about the podcast is I know for a fact that people listen to, the, to these stories and they become inspired and motivated right. to do things that they've been putting off. Totally. And that's what we're all about. Yeah, that's you know, the whole name of the game. We're all about being that sort of beacon of hope, if you will, right? I mean, I know it sounds corny, but it's like it doesn't though. When you when you were when you were when you were having when you were on stage and you were talking about her, the sniveling you heard in the back was me. I was tearing up and you know the whole thing it's you know and i'll tell you i'll tell you something that's that's um that i'll tell you something that might um might you might not i mean it, it, i'll just tell you so i was in a real estate deal that she was in and she passed away and i had the backup offer oh really and I ended up in the in the front right because she passed away. Right. And all they told me was that the buyer had passed away. And when they told me that the buyer had passed away, I knew she had been sick. Right. And I thought in my mind, because it was a fixture, you know. Right. I thought in my mind, I thought, I wonder if it's Sonia. Yeah. And I literally found out like a couple hours yeah, later. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And you know, I I I I have to I have to I have to say something. I've always, from the minute I met you, I've always admired you. But 
you went up tenfold. Don't do that, don't even try. I was so moved by the celebration of life. I called you the next day and I asked you what I could do to help because I was, I was feeling, I was feeling like I needed to do something. And part of it was I got confirmation that that, that I was in that deal, you know, that she, you know what I mean? It was like, it just hit really hard. Totally. Um, anyway, I called you and I said, you know, I want to help. How can I help? And you said, just hold tight. And two hours later, less than two hours later, you were sending me a link to the GoFundMe page that they put together for yes. kids. And I got, I got, um, the CEO of Compass on the phone and he didn't know she had passed. He mm. didn't even know she was sick. He didn't know who she was, but you know, Compass is a big company. Yeah, totally. And he said to me, he said, I cannot thank you enough for reaching out. I'm going to, I'm going to do what I can to get this in the hands of all the Compass agents. And he sent it out to all of them. Yes. Um, and he also said that he would help raise money for yeah. her family, you know, um, I just, you know, I wish you knew how valuable you were at that moment. Mm. Thanks, man. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thanks. So that's, that's, again, to go full circle with it. It's like I, when I knew what had happened, we were already hosting our summer social. Mm -hmm. So I just made a quick pivot. Cause I called my, my marketing gal and I told her, cause I knew she died on a Wednesday. I called yeah. my marketing gal on Thursday morning. And I didn't find out she died till like late that night. Yeah. And after, cause I definitely like was super sad and crying. And I just was like, I'm like, I couldn't believe it honestly. It's cause I just, I really thought she had more time. I think she led everyone on to believe she had more time. She did. Yeah. But we, we, her closest people knew that there was, it was ending. Right. But she let everyone i mean she let everyone again she let everyone know that she was just gonna go as far as she could you know and so i called my marketing gal that next morning i was like we can't host this event we can't host this event i started like getting really upset and i was like we can't we cannot we cannot host a freaking summer social a week after that absolutely not and then she my thank goodness for my marketing gal who's super smart she was like well what if we made that a celebration of life event instead and instead of making it private to your advertising partners the way you do why don't you open it up to the whole community and i was like sonia would love that yeah absolutely i was like sonia would because sonia would tell me go run that event mm -hmm. go do that go put people together mm -hmm. go make deals happen you cry a little for me and move on like that's, that's what she exactly would say what she would have wanted she would have 100 yeah. wanted it exactly and that, the way and that was it. that was the thing that i kept thinking about when we were there and you were up on stage was this is exactly what she would have she wanted. wanted this exact thing this this honored her and she's she's happy about this yeah. i guarantee it you know um yeah and yeah, that, that, that was, was the that was the coolest part that was um and you know it was also the people that 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 I got to see, you know, Brian Garrity. I hadn't seen Brian in forever. And oh, I, got I made a chance so to, many reconnections. I a, yeah, too. I got a chance to give him a, a hug, and you know, I, I ran into Connie Malkowitz, who who I hadn't seen in forever. And, you just need two people that I'm like need to follow up with. That's yeah, so weird. and it's and it's you know, Connie, by the way, has agreed to come on the podcast, and I haven't, you know, I'm being a Nimrod. I haven't reached out to her to get it scheduled. 
Brian came on and man, did he, oh my God, he moved everybody. I mean, he is such an inspiration and is such a good guy. And, it, totally. and just, you know. What he's been through, He oh my was gosh. so close with Sonia. And so seeing him and getting a chance to give him a hug and all that kind of stuff, that was, that was, that was a big deal. And then I, and then I'm walking and Connie Malkowitz is standing there right. and I haven't seen Connie in forever. And I'm like, wow, you know, right. And she gives me a big hug and stuff. And, and, and then we, you know, she asked me about my daughter and all this. And Connie was on my radio show all those years ago. Um, and I interviewed her and she was one of the people that, that one of our sponsors brought on cold. I oh, never, okay. I never, you know, I knew who she was, but I never met her. And so I interview her and at the, during the break, I'm telling her a story about my daughter, Madison. Um, and we had had a, um, there was a house in, in Escondido that had the distinction of having the most code violations of any home in, in Escondido. <laughs> And me and 25 of our agents got together for a day and cured every single oh, no way. right? And they, they both, both mom and dad were unemployed at the time. This is back right after the great recession. It was rough. They came home and just cried. Oh, I bet. And part of the, part of the, part of the code violation thing was a roof. Um, um, the roofer had come out and had Bob Piba roofing had come out and they had volunteered. They donated the materials, volunteered their time, the whole wow. thing. And so I told them, I said, listen, come to one of our office meetings. We have anywhere from 50 to 80 people there and I'll get you some, some attention so that, you know, we can get you some roof orders and stuff and, you know, just kind of thank yeah. you guys. And so he comes to the office and he's there and I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And, and my mother is, was the receptionist. She was with us for 17 years, 18 years. We wow. all brought the office. And she's like, you need to come shake his hand. You need to come shake. I'm like, I know, I know. I'm getting there. I'm working on her. You know, I finally get over there. And I reach out and shake his hand. And he goes, I go, hi, I'm. He goes, I know who you are. I said, okay. He goes, that's your mother. And that picture right there is Madison Litton. You're Madison's dad. Mm -hmm. His son went to the same school that Madison went to. Oh. I'm like, you know my daughter? He yeah. goes, everybody knows your daughter. <laughs> she hugs everybody. She is the sweetest girl, right? Yeah, that's her, and that's my, that's my girl, right? So I tell Connie that story. Connie wants to thank me for interviewing her on the radio. She goes out and has a t-shirt made that says Madison's dad on it. Oh my God. Right? The next weekend, Madison's at her first cheer camp at USD, and I wear the shirt to her cheer camp. I'm the most popular guy there. All the Guaranteed. dads, all the dads are coming up going, where'd you get that? Yeah. I need a shirt like that. Where'd you write? Yes. And she's just mortified, absolutely yes. mortified, right? But loves it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so anyway, so Connie, Connie had that t-shirt made, yep. okay? So then I end up telling her the story of Madison's senior night. Madison has her senior night and the senior night, I'm the, I'm the announcer for the football team so normally I'm the one doing the announcing and, and introducing everybody right. and all that, right? So I'm up in the press box. This time I'm going to be down on the field right. for the first time and last time, right? <laughs> I'm going to be walking Madison down the... And so I, I asked her, I said, so what, what, what pants should I wear with my Madison's Dad t-shirt? Oh no, you're not wearing that blasted thing. This is my senior night, da 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 da. No, no, no. So she picks out a different outfit, right? Well, because she reacted that way, I took it down, put it in the back of my truck. 
So we go and we do our thing. I, I wear what she tells me to wear. I call the first half of the game that way. Halftime comes, I go down to the parking lot and I change clothes, change shirts, right? So at the end of the thing, the, the scoreboard operator grabs the microphone and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mike Litton's last game um, announcing for the, for the White Tigers. Would you do me a favor and thank him? And I got a standing ovation from both sides, both even the visiting side, wow. which was cool. And so they're all doing this thing and Madison's down there clapping as the cheerleader, <laughs> captain of the cheer team, right? She's down there clapping and I just opened up my, my ah! shirt and went like this and everybody went nuts, yeah. right? That, that night I go home, I go, so how much trouble am I in? She goes, dad, I was so mad at you, I couldn't believe it when you first did it. And she said, and then 40 people walked up to me and said, your dad is so cute. Yeah, your dad is He coolest. is so adorable. We just love him. She said, you're forgiven. <laughs> so I told Connie that story and she's in tears, Yeah. you know, cause she didn't know, she hadn't, you know. So anyway, it was cool. So, okay, we're gonna go back cause we're gonna, you and I are getting completely off the, off the thing here. <laughs> so, which I knew would happen, I was prepared for. Let's go back. So when you were when you were growing up, who was the person who was most influential to you growing up? Um, definitely my dad too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, my dad. Because he I watched my dad work hard harder than anybody. Like my and he had to clean up some messes too. So yeah, my my mother who's passed, uh, she died in twenty twelve, actually when I moved to West or when I moved to Boston. Um, but she battled alcoholism and then she also had hepatitis C that she lived with for years and didn't know it. She got that from giving birth to my br oldest brother, uh, when she was 18 and lost too much blood. But this is back in 70, shit, I don't know if my brother's born, sorry. Um, but whatever, this is back in 75 or 78 maybe, I don't know when he's born. No, not 78, ah, uh, whatever. He's 12 years older than me, so what's 86 minus... 74. 12. 74. Thank you. 74. Wow. It's okay. Great at math. So when she, she lost so much blood and had a blood transfusion, mm -hmm. they gave her bad blood. Infected blood. So she lived with hepatitis C for 28 years and didn't know it. Loved to booze, loved to party. Um, then she, uh, and boozing and hepatitis C do not go together. So if you have hepatitis C, you could live a long, nice, full life as long as you don't abuse alcohol and other drugs that would obviously affect your liver, right? right? But so the I'll, liver's already in bad shape. Your liver's, the, the, the hepatitis C, uh, are, it, it doesn't affect any other organ except for your liver, but right. it will damage it. It, it. Again, you can live a long, full life as long as you're not doing right. if, what if you live a healthy life. But she loved to party. She loved to booze. And then it got serious there in my, my early childhood days. My mom had three kids, three, my oldest brother, and then three girls back to back. So my oldest sister, Jenna, Jesse, me, and then Jill. Um, and we're all like a year apart. Um, cause my mom and dad met when they were like 30 mm -hmm. and like, they were like, let's do this. I want kids. I want kids too. Boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. And that's all good and great. Um, and, but in, in a lot of my family, actually my extended family have, uh, alcoholism runs in my family mm -hmm. and, um, she couldn't kick it. Right. And when she finally did, they went, she went to AA, got cleaned up and it was a really great thing for our family. She actually had a blood trans or I'm sorry. She actually had a liver transplant lived for another seven years. Mm -hmm. Um, and then ultimately ended up dying. But my dad really had to clean up like that. My mom like had a, started a business that failed and he basically tried his best to make it work. So I watched my dad 
be a West Virginia coal miner for 40 years. And, and he'd work MAD, Midnight Afternoon Daylight. And he always, my dad worked in that position for a long time where he could easily get a supervisor's provision, per, uh, position. They even asked him. He, several times he could have walked to a court, walked the corporate ladder and went higher. And he always said no because me and my sisters played sports competitively and he wanted to be able to be there for our games. So yeah, like every midnight afternoon daylight, he would still, he, here's what he would do. He'd go to midnight shift and then he'd get off in the morning <clears throat> at like, I don't know, 8 a.m. or whatever, mm -hmm. um, 7 a.m., I don't even know. And then he'd go, he owned his own insurance company as well. Mm -hmm. He'd go to the office, literally his office all day long, mm -hmm. come home uh, or go to our games or whatever, go, finish the game, eat dinner, sleep from like maybe eight till like 11 and then do it again the guy the guy slept like four hours a night as long as i can fucking remember wow crazy so he's definitely someone that i look up to and like i don't know how and that's what established all my hard work i watched him work his off for our family and do what he could around the house because he was never there because he's working two jobs right and providing for us and we never went without, you know? Like, yeah, we were, we're straight middle class, right? We were not rich by any means, but we were not hungry. We had a roof over our head. We had we always had school books and clothes and all the things that we ever needed, uh, you know? And so, you know, and he, he did his best to raise us as, like, properly. And truthfully, when I look back at, like, between me and my sisters and all of our friends and stuff, I'm like, they did it right mm -hmm. they raised us right like we, we me and my sisters are all hardworking. Mm -hmm. we don't take i don't expect i don't expect a thing mm -hmm. and if you expect anything from the government or from someone else well you better just the government's not here to bail me out when it's my like when i go to retire if you want money in your retirement you best save mm -hmm. because and you best save right. There's a right way and a wrong way to do it. If you're just putting money under your pillow, well, you try to look somewhere else and, and, and start to network with some really good people because that's not the proper way. Yes, you'll have money saved, but you won't have enough. Mm -hmm. So like pay attention to that. And so anyway, I just, I always really took strength from him and I still do because I just watched him just like, I can't believe he did what he did. Yeah. And he just had to do what he, but he, but he had to do what he had to do. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'd say my dad was probably the one that I looked up to the most. Um, what was it Ronald Reagan said? The most feared words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh hell no. Yeah, hell no. Because you know they ain't helping. They're just trying to dig in your pocket some yeah. more. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, and I've never paid more attention to politics and like anything po politicky until literally the last like several months of my life. So you're catching me at that time too, which is yeah. interesting. Cause like, again, I think after COVID, <clears throat> I think that COVID exposed a lot of the mm -hmm. and I, and if you're not like, and if you end up listening to this and you don't pay attention to the mm -hmm. like, just open up your eyes to the it's all I'm asking. Like yeah. just start to pay, pay attention, attention to where the yeah. money goes and mm -hmm. just start, just start asking better questions and, just pay attention and then protect yourself. Yeah. That's well, all. Very interesting happened like, in the last few years. You became a mom. Yes, and I bet that that's why I and, exactly. Yeah, and I and I told my kids. I said when you when you start having kids, 
it all and the, and the truth is yes they say your whole life shifts when you have kids yes because you're not doing the same shit you used to do because you can't go out all night anymore or even till midnight because i have to be up at six in the morning so is it even worth it to go out till midnight so like yes it is occasionally like i'll still go like twice a year mm -hmm. where i drank too much those two times mm -hmm. you know but usually i'm like oh, okay and the next morning you're like yeah that's why i don't do this anymore mm -hmm. i can't my body cannot take it and it's not worth it because i can't be the present like successful like completely all-in parent that i want to be and or business person right and you have, and you have little ones waking up at four in the morning yes exactly he was, yes it's so we're clear like yeah the little <laughs> one was up at four in the morning this morning so yes exactly yeah. so it's not worth it to jeopardize my overall health and just my mental well-being but also again the, you're not so your life changes when you become a parent and so you're just based on the like the again the sleep schedule but also again now start now i have now i'm protector i wasn't a protector before i was a party animal before now i'm like oh, God, now i have to be protect now i have to look at all these little extra things that are going to go on for them yeah. then i have to pay attention to like well who's in charge of them during those extra mm -hmm. yes i'm in charge but like who else is in charge right. what else are they listening to right. what kind of what kind of teaching indoctrination are they getting? What kind of agendas are people bringing? What kind of agendas are you pushing and why? Right. I'm curious about the why behind a lot of this bullshit. It's amazing how the mama bear thing happens. Oh my God. You know, it's like you, and, and you become somebody that you almost never, never thought you'd be. Totally. Like you, you know, and it's, and it's, it's, it really it's, is. Uh, parenthood's an amazing thing. It's an amazing and you thing. Like, really I love you is. said that you never thought you'd beat it because I truthfully, too, like you were talking about earlier about mm -hmm. your son, mm -hmm. I agree with you. Like, this is, might be TMI, but whatever. I don't really care. I mean, this is not like illegal or anything, so it mm -hmm. doesn't really matter. Um, but my, my husband has some guns, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, hey, just FYI, I think oh, I want to go buy another gun. I'm like, buy, 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 buy. I don't care some guns dude mm -hmm. he's like well um here's why i want to buy another gun because they're passing a law in california that no matter what in the summer 25 percent increase on guns and ammo mm -hmm. across the board mm -hmm. why because they don't want you to have guns and ammo in california okay right. so it's like little by little we're trying to take our second amendment right mm -hmm. okay and by the way i'm not and I, and I get why i get the bigger picture of why but i also see the other bigger picture of why mm -hmm. sure you want to have less guns and ammo on the street for people to just walk into a school and up. yes i'm with that mm -hmm. what's the other reason yeah. well let's pay let's take a deeper let's take a deeper mm -hmm. look into the other reason that they don't want guns and ammo mm -hmm. nationwide if you don't have the part apart again that second amendment is so freaking important mm -hmm. to our country's like survival sur survival and our country's um uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it's it, it to our right to our freedom, mm -hmm. like that, like pay the deeper attention to it. So anyway, long story short, he's like, Hey, I'm going to go buy another gun because it's going to go up 25% regardless. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, buy a gun. And then when he went and he was like, Hey, I'm going to buy you a gun. And I was like, all right, buy me a gun, bro. Mm -hmm. So like my point is the mama bear, like I want to learn how to use it. Mm -hmm. Obviously I'm going to learn how to use it. I'm not just going to buy it, sit it. Like I'm going to learn how to use it uh properly and safely we're gonna have we have obviously have two young boys we're gonna have make sure that these are not loaded but figure out like ways to, that they are completely protected and locked up mm -hmm. because i grew up in west virginia where my dad had a whole gun case mm -hmm. sure it was locked but i could just smash the gut like it was glass yeah. super thin glass i could have just punched it and taken any of his rifles 
and he had major hunting rifles. So like, I've been around guns all my life, but my, but I want to learn how to really use it because to your point, like, again, mama bear, if you come in my house, you better be whatever that say, I love the sign that you were talking mm -hmm. about. You better be prepared to receive the wrath mm -hmm. of this mama bear. And I'm already in that position, not even obviously not like attacking us, like legitimately. I'm talking just like in our current daycare, like they want to push COVID agendas. I'm like, you're not giving my kid a COVID shot. Period. End of the story. Right. Period. You want to take a, you want to take, you want to get a COVID shot every day of your life? Go for it. I do not care, but you're not giving that to my son. And the moment they mandate it, sadly, is the moment we would have to leave because yeah. I'm just not having it. Yeah. I'm not having I'm it. I'm with you. I'm with it's you. like, there's certain things that are just, again, exactly the mama bear is out and i'm paying way more attention right and i'm i'm all about protecting them and not just protecting like what they're learning and the values that we're going to instill in them but protecting them financially like i'm already setting up ever like we already have our estate plan and i have i'm putting my son on um payroll this coming year it's like he's two and a half but hey he works because he does because he's taking pictures for marketing and i'm going to figure out the make sure that we're, we're working the right avenues here as soon as he's old enough, he can help stuffing envelopes and helping stamp letters and just important things that need to get done for the business. So, um, but I'm already setting them up financially because that's the one thing that my dad really worked hard to do and it never really translated to me and my sisters. But um, I, wanna, I want my kid to get to 18 and him not know it, but him have a nice little chunk of, of money. I, can't, I stole this from somebody else, but I'm going to do it. And I like this. I want to repeat it as much as possible. So they're too young now, right? But like when they're old enough to like get a bank account and um, actually you could probably have a bank account already, but when they're, when they're old enough to understand the concepts. Mm -hmm. So every Saturday, um, like they'll get an allowance, right? From doing household chores and understand like you put in X, you get, you know, Y out or whatever. Mm -hmm. Here's how this works. Um, and here's what we do with the money. So you make $10, you make $10 this week from working uh with us at the house so you um we're gonna go to the bank and deposit the money but here you deposit every paycheck you get today it's ten dollars you divide it into three you put a third in your checking account so you always have money to spend you put a third in your savings account so you always have money saved mm -hmm. and you put it you invest a third mm -hmm. and uh into the stock market or whatever so i'm just going to show them that strategy and if little by little even if we did it once a month it for till they were 18 taking them to the bank depositing them, they're gonna have because the one thing I, I i can't wait when they're like i don't know seven or eight or whatever how old people kids are when they start asking you for <laughs> but like hey mommy can i want this can you like buy it can you please buy it i want to look at him and say but you got money in your account you go buy it go buy it last i checked like you have x amount of money in your account honey you want to buy it do you need it do you want it? Mm. Buy it. How important is it to you? Do you need it? Do you want it? Is it important to you? Buy it. Mm. You make that decision. I want him to understand. I want them to understand the concept and flow of money and like not just buying it because uh, it's like, I ask myself those questions. Like, do I need it? Do I want it? And then for me, it was like clothing, for example, it needs to fit perfectly mm. in order to buy it. If I don't feel good or look good in it, I'm not buying it. Right. Or I'm not buying something like a little bit smaller because I know I, I'll be in that weight class one day. Like, stop doing that, people. Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> stop doing that. No kidding. So like, anyway, You'll I see. digress. But yeah, I just want to teach some financial concepts so that like, again, there wasn't, uh, not that my dad didn't do that, he did his best. 
Uh, but there's little strategies, you know, teaching them little things that like, that in like understanding credit and understanding the flow of money. Cause like, I think that the, if we taught that more in schools and we taught that more uh, in balancing checkbook and just understanding more in than out. And like, we just don't overspend and you have to save for the rainy day. You have to double, and especially like what we're working with right now, you have to save twice mm -hmm. for the rainy day. Mm -hmm. We're in the rainy day and it's going to get worse yeah. before, it, before it gets better. So, um, so um, I lost my train of thought. I know. There was something I was going to, no, it's okay. There was something I was going to tell you, and I just and I just completely lost it, and that's really not good. Um, <laughs> especially when you're especially when you're a podcast host and you're in the middle of a podcast interview. Hey, uh, but okay. but um, so the the financial part is incredibly important. It's incredibly important that that you um, and by the way, I just got my thought back. It's dementia, right? So I spent an hour and thirty two minutes on the phone the other mm -hmm. day with a guy that my daughter was dating. Now, thank God she's broken up with him. <laughs> but I spent an hour and 32 minutes on the phone with her because she had gotten to a point to where she had helped him all she could and she's like, you need my dad now. He wanted to buy a truck and his first two car loans were turned down because he's an idiot. Okay. Okay, and he's an idiot because nobody ever, nobody growing up, nobody ever shared with right. him, right? So you can imagine my children grew up in, in a house that I owned and I ran, and they picked up a ton about credit, about finance, about everything. I yeah. mean, everything, right? And, I, and I'm just now starting to understand, and they're just now starting to understand how far ahead they are compared to, compared to everybody yeah. else. And so I called my ghostwriter after I, had, after I hung up with this kid. I called my ghostwriter and said, I spent, just spent an hour and 32 minutes on the phone with my daughter's boyfriend, coaching him on not getting his car loan declined again, right? And I said, this is exactly why we're writing this book on homeownership, mm -hmm. because we started, by the way, in January. Uh, we're recording this in in, um, in December of 2023. Um, so next month we start this, this deal in earnest. And I called him and I said, I don't have an hour and 32 minutes for 330 people, 330 million people, right? That's why we're writing this book. Yeah. That's exactly what we're doing. And so part of what we're talking about in the book is this is what a FICO score is, and this is how you play the game. Yes. This is how you succeed, yes. right? It's so a game. It's it really is. It's literally a game. It really is. And we're, gonna, and we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the game. It's that's origin because they came up with this for speed that this is a FICO scores are literally taking your life and putting it into a number. Yep. Okay. How do you do that when, yep. when you can't discern things like I had a family member die or I got in a car accident or all these things happen, right? It's interesting because they literally took life and all of its variables and assigned a number to it. Right. And they did it so that they could have a thing called automated underwriting where mm -hmm. computers can make a decision on whether or not you get a home loan. Right. Automated underwriting for car loans, automated underwriting for, for credit cards. Everything that's opportunity, quote unquote opportunity, right. is tied to your FICO score, which was literally designed to cost them less money right. to get people through the pipeline. Crazy. Come on. Right. Right? 
And what they didn't do and have never done is they've never gone to the American people and said, oh, and said, okay, here's why. Right. Here's what this means and here's how you win. Right. Right? They're not teaching people in high school. They're not teaching people in college. They're not teaching people, period. No, but I, I but to your point, I think it's because they don't want people to win, obviously. Well, right? it's, I think it's, it. I think it's, I think it's hierarchical, Hier, hierarchical, right. hierarchical, I like don't that. know that. Whatever that word was, right? It's a hierarchy. And there's a hierarchy yeah. of <clears throat> the haves and the have-nots. Right. Okay. The haves have access to all that stuff. Right. They can get all the education that they want. Right. The have-nots are just kind of out there flailing. Right. Okay. And so that's why we're writing the book. We're writing the book because we're going to level the playing field. Yeah. And part of the reason we're doing it is, and, and I just found this out the other day, by the way, this is the second time that I've mentioned it on the podcast, but there are 50 million, 50, five zero million millennials that are getting ready to buy a house in the next 13 years, wow. according to Freddie Mac. And those people, unfortunately, have PTSD as it relates to the Great Recession. Totally. Because they were children back then. Totally. And they watched the people that were close to them lose their houses. Right. And so part of what we're doing, so according to the National Association of Realtors, the average homeowner's net worth is over $300,000. The average tenant's net worth is less than $8,000, hmm. okay? There's a $292,000 delta there. Mm -hmm. Take that number and multiply it by tens of millions of millennials. Right. And we now know 50 million, right? 292,000 times 50 million is a lot. And when you also consider that 74% of this nation's net worth is real estate, right. you better take care of the real estate. Right. We, you and I were just talking about this before right. we start hit record. You better take care of real estate if you're gonna take care of the economy. Right. Period. Right. Okay. And that's what this is about. I believe I'm just crazy enough, and you know how insane I am. I'm just crazy enough to believe that I can drive a national narrative about how homeownership to millennials, about how homeownership needs to be part of the American dream. For sure, for sure. But let me let me question, question this then. Um, you've heard about Wall Street buying real estate, mm -hmm. buying a load of it mm -hmm. too. So, single-family homes in particular, mm -hmm. how does that play out? Well. Great question. So two things. So I, I just had a conversation the other day. I know you're going to find this hard to imagine, knowing me. I called on a sign that was in a yard that said for rent. Okay. Because I was trying to find a place for one of my sellers. I bought. I had sold their house for $110,000 above list price. Presented the offer to the, to the husband. He signed it immediately. Just presented it to the wife. She said, I don't know. I think I want to stay here for a year. I don't know if I want to sign this. So I went to work finding her a rental and I called on the sign. Guy calls me back three hours later and we spent over an hour on the phone. Turns out he's the chief of staff of one of the biggest hospitals in California. Okay. And we spent over an hour on the phone and he said, hey, I built a, a medical group years ago and I sold it to Blackstone and Blackstone sends me their annual report and or sold it to a, to a company that, or to a group that sold it to Blackstone. Okay. And he said, they sent me their annual report. He said, did you know in 2018, they started buying thousands and thousands of single family detached homes? And I said, yeah, he goes, why? Here's the reason. We have a thing called the Tax Reform Act of 2017 that was passed. I don't mm -hmm. know if you remember it, but it jacked up, unfortunately, jacked up the, the standard deduction. Okay. So that owning a home is not now a tax advantage like it used to be, mm. okay? Unless you own a home that has a million dollar plus mortgage on it, right? That's not, that's not normal, that's rare, yeah. right? 
Um, so that that encouraged people to not buy. So that is is the follow up to that. That's what started all this because you know now Madison Avenue, the marketing geniuses, right? They now are going to the hedge fund managers and going, hey. They're not going to buy real estate anymore mm. because it's not advantageous for them to do it. Right. So they start buying real estate. The other thing that happened was they identified that millennials in 2018 were starting to get into homeownership, right. home, home, homeowner, home household creation. They were starting to have babies. They were starting to get married. They were starting to do the stuff you're doing, right? right? Household creation. So they also found out from the surveys that, that millennials don't like real estate. They don't like mm. homes. They don't want to own a home. They just, they're perfectly fine renting for the rest right. of their lives. And so the, they figured out with those two things combined, they have quite a market. Okay. That's interesting. In 2018, a buddy of mine is a home builder. 2018, they would go to these home builder shows and these hedge funds started showing up and going, we want to hire you, literally going up to the builders and saying, we want to hire you on a fee basis. We want you to go buy a piece of land and build a thousand single family detached homes for us in, in Arizona. And we're gonna rent all of them out. We're not gonna mm -hmm. sell them. Yeah. Okay? And the whole thing was a fee-based transaction. I mean it's, you know, right? Yeah. And so they What this, builder's gonna say no to that? Yeah, well this builder, this this builder's buddy might start calling me going, What's going on? So I'm having this conversation with him too, right? Mm -hmm. So so what's interesting about this is there are there is a whole class of ten, the single largest generation we have right now living is millennials mm -hmm. by far and they are unfortunately they are willing and and want to rent property out mm. and so these hedge funds have identified it and they're you know one of the so there's two things in the in the federal tax code that are the most incentivized activities you can do okay Number one is owning a corporation and, and, and employing people. Yep. Right behind it is owning rental real estate. Mm. Okay. And it's why there are more millionaires made in the U.S. in real estate than in any other venture, mm. any other investment, by far. By far. And so if you if you start looking at it, and from a hedge fund standpoint, it's an absolute no-brainer. It just is brilliant. Yep. Because the return that they get on their money is insane. Oh. Like, shout out to Daniel Tremello, yeah. right? Um, who Daniel I was on, by the way. Nice. He was on with nice. us. Nice. Like, want to listen to? Yeah, that was really cool. His podcast. That was really cool. So, um, he's been kind of sh coaching me, for lack of a better word, on that whole concept. Mm -hmm. And um, he used to do uh, stocks. He used to be a wealth strategist mm -hmm. uh, and worked in in. In, in that finance, in, in finance. Mm -hmm. So he understands how money works. He understands a lot. And I asked him the other day, how much money you got in the stock market? And he said, I don't have a single penny in the stock market. Mm -hmm. And I said, you gotta be <laughs> not a single penny. He's like, I've got a couple accounts for my kids, universal accounts for, for, um, yeah. yeah, well, I've got my college, the college funds, but he said, I actually, I don't even know if he does. I think he said I have, he has some universal, um, like insurance policies, mm -hmm. insurance policies. Uh, he said, but no, not a single dollar invested. He goes, because I can make the amount of returns that I make in real estate don't even compare mm -hmm. to the 8% return that you can get in the stock market. Like not even comparable. Like it's no, it significant, it. it doesn't even, it's not even close. Mm -hmm. not close. Like 50, 60 plus percent returns, even like 100 plus per percent returns. Mm -hmm. Like 
he's like, there's just not a single reason to have a dollar invested. And it made me go, huh? Huh? So what you're saying is totally true about like the tax code and the way that they have it set up. And this is why we're on a mission. I want, I want to buy another house. Just I'm telling everybody. Right. I want one more house in San Diego for sure. I would love that in the next like six months to a year. We're walking into a weird market again in 2024. And so I know that when the going gets kind of tough too, for people, there's still going to be a lot of opportunities. So like when pe like people are going to be, some people are going to be losing their ass, losing their jobs, uh, and it's going to shift and it's going to be really And in that same breath, it's going to be really great. And it's it's a it's a catch twenty two man, yeah. right? It is. And it depends on what side of the bucket you're on for that, for the side of the street you're on for that. Right now, me and my husband are loading our guns, so to speak, financially. And um, I'm I I ha I'm ready to pull the trigger. And I I'd like one more house in San Diego, and then I'd like to start looking outside of San Diego yeah. for funsies too, because I can take that dollar and make it go much much further mm -hmm. in a different place. Plus, I want an opportunity to have a lake house. Mm -hmm. And, a, a, you know, like an opportunity to lit, have a summer desert house mm -hmm. or a whatever that we rent at. So I'm, I'm thinking big picture, but the idea would be, you know, we don't intend to live in, or uh, move out of San Diego anytime soon. So, like, I'd love another San Diego house. Yeah. That's the question is that, again, I just think I personally think prices are too high. But the saddest part about it is that they're only going to go higher. So yeah. I'm like, damn, like yeah, they're not going down. They're so, not going down, so, no. So, uh, there are people that are smarter than me that believe that we're 300,000 units upside down. That we're literally, there's 300, we're short 300,000 yes. housing units in San Diego County. 300,000, wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. So, Alan Nevin, you know yep, Alan? Yep, yep, yep. So, Alan's been on twice. Um, shout out to Alan. Um, Alan uh, was on my, has been on a radio show since 2011. Yes. He and I have become good friends. And he told us on the on the radio in 2019. He said, "Listen," he said, um, "No wait, if, you say? if we don't, huh? What'd you say? Three hundred thousand or three hundred three hundred thousand? Three hundred thousand homes short. Yeah. So listen to this. So he's on in 2019, and he said, "Listen," he goes, "If we don't import another person in San Diego County, then we export. So if that just stays constant, we need twelve thousand five hundred new homes built and sold every single year in San Diego County." just to keep up with organic demand. Wow. Now, what's interesting about that is we haven't done that. Right, no, they're in, not building. In over a decade. Right. We've been way short of that 12.5. Right. So you go back and start adding all that up, and it's a significant portion of that yeah. 300,000 number. So I don't, think they're, I don't think they're that far off. I think they're more on than we realize. Um, and, you know, so, so what does so that millennials, mean? What does that mean? So now? in San Diego County in 2019, he was on our radio show and he said that in San Diego County, 40% of millennials were still living with their parents. Mm, the I youngest do. millennial is 25 now, and the oldest is 41 this year. Mm. Okay, there's 40% are still living with their parents. The nationwide average is 20%. Mm. Okay, but in San Diego, it's 40. Wow. And so one of the things that we talked about was we are literally in the middle, and he called it in 2019, we're literally in the middle of a, of a tsunami of millennial purchases. Hmm. Millennials buying real estate. And it's probably because they're saving by not spending. If, well, they're they're smart, saving, if they're smart. Anyway. They're saving, but they're also doing things that we call household formation activities. They're getting married, they're having babies, they're, you know, all this stuff is happening 
And but so, how does that, but that still butts heads. If there's mm -hmm. not enough houses, we're still, the, they're still maybe gonna live with their mom and dad and still have babies, but be like, shit, we have no place to live. Well, there, there are grandparents right now, right now, that are buying houses for their grandkids. Right. And the grandkids aren't born yet. Yeah. Yeah, we're in a... And that's, old, that's a play only for the grandkids so that when the grandkids get to be when the grandkids are ready to move out they have a place that they can they can transfer to right so they can afford to stay here right because otherwise these grandparents know that the kids are leaving right like the mass exodus to texas and florida and all that kind of stuff the kids are leaving they're if they're if they want their grandchildren to stay be able to afford to live here they're going out and buying well, houses they want to now see the, yeah if they if they want to see their grandkids they yeah. got to keep them close. Yeah. It's pretty smart, actually. So it's that's literally a phenomenon. That's literally happening right wow. now. So, um, so yeah. So what Daniel's what Daniel's coaching you on is smart, and Daniel's a smart guy. He's a very smart guy. He used to buy fixers for a hedge fund and fix them up and flip them. Right. Very interesting. Yeah. His, very his interesting blueprint. Background. Yeah, I'm paying attention. I'm yeah. still, I'm paying close attention. Yeah, he knows and his stuff. And in this market that we're walking into, too, I think that. Um, Again, investors, there's the, it, it, again, not, not everyone's going to be able to do it, but like the smart investors, the ones who've been smart and do it right and follow their blueprint, um, they're going to be sitting pretty in this downturn that we're walking through, for sure. Yeah, like, the, the right investors are going to do well. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we, we got off track again, which I knew we'd do. Sorry. This is, the, this is like that tributary thing, right? Well, this is the way this thing's going, but it's okay. It's not your fault. So it's the energy that you bring. I, I spend three minutes with you, and I could run through a wall. Anyway, so um, so let's talk. Let's go back for just a second. So okay. growing up in West Virginia, what was your favorite thing about growing up in West Virginia? Oh, let's see. Favorite thing about growing up in West Virginia. I always joke around about West Virginia. Do you? Yeah, because I always say, people will be like, oh, tell me about West Virginia. I'm like, what do you want to talk about West Virginia for? Like, right. Uh, all the places and things to talk about West Virginia. And I joke because my best friends still live there and I really like it. And I went home this last um, this last time to visit and it was funny because my friend, Jan, she was like, I go, man, there's something different about West Virginia this time around. And it, again, I have my kids with me. And I was like having a blast hanging out with my friends and like my watching my kids play with their cousins and stuff and watching my dad get to like hang out with them and stuff. And so she was like, oh, it might be that, uh, you know, like the crisp air and the, the nice rolling mountain. It might be that this is actually where you should move back to, right? She joked around like that, said something funny. Um, and I'm like, nah, <laughs> I ain't go back. But my favorite place, or my favorite thing about growing up was probably that I got to see, like my, it was one of those places in families where, where I had like, all my cousins, like I, my cousins were my best friends and we grew up with them. So my family, so that was my favorite thing. Um, and like, just, there was lots of like, even in, when I think about like what we did for fun, it's not, it's what every small town like people do for fun like we just drank and smoke like mm -hmm. I, I honestly got all my partying out in high school mm -hmm. by the time I got to college and actually saw like real drugs I was like don't care mm -hmm. like do it if you want to do it I'm not interested in that mm -hmm. like I just already had seen and heard so much about like what the the nastiness of what it could do mm -hmm. but I, I mean but I also did them <laughs> like I did them in high school so by the time I got to college I was like yeah whatever it's just like look like y'all have your fun but it was the first time these kids were exposed to that yeah. right so it was a very interesting dynamic my parents were very 
like my mom my mom was a hippie and my dad was married to a hippie so it's like you know like my dad was like whatever you know like they just knew that we were gonna do it kids are good like not the whole idea like kids are gonna be kids because there's some there's some times that we shouldn't always say that but like kids are gonna be kids so help guide them through that and don't like be up their ass instead be don't be their friend mm -hmm. but be there in a way that can support them yeah. through it depending because yeah it's all yeah, so it's I, all so depending. i told i told my kids growing up i said listen i'm not here to be your best friend yeah okay i am here to prepare you to go into that big beautiful world you're not going to like everything that i every decision i make you're not going to it's not up for debate right it's not going to be we're not going to have a conversation here my way it's my way period and I'm going to be that giant immovable object that's just right there in the middle of your world that you're going to bump into. Yep. Every time you want to do something negative, every time you want to do something you're not supposed to do, you're going to be bumping into me because I'm going to be standing right there. Mm -hmm. And I just told him, I said, you know, I'm, I'm here to prepare you to go. Yep. And I will absolutely not accept that you're going to go out into society and then, and then you're going to be a burden on society. Totally. You're going to be just the opposite. Okay, you're gonna leave this world better than the way you found it. Yes. Period. Yes. And that was literally the conversation we had, and we didn't have to have it very often. Yeah. You know, there we got to a point to where they wanted to do something, and I would say no, and the whole idea of well, so and so's mom's letting them letting them do it, like they're not my kid. Yeah. I'm not raising so and so, right? So and so's mom is raising them. So and so's mom is gonna be the one that's on the hook one of these days when that kid doesn't leave doesn't leave the house right and you know doesn't move on with their lives and doesn't right. become a, a responsible citizen right. so you know it's not going to do you any good to come to me and say well so-and-so right yeah this is not a popularity contest yeah and okay. i'm not looking for father of the year i'm gonna steal all that seriously i'm not i'm looking to get you prepared totally. okay and if i'm saying no to this there's a reason i'm saying no right that's it yeah, done. Into the discussion. Yeah. And it got to a point where they just didn't they just didn't challenge they didn't push it anymore. So okay, so we're gonna I'm getting us off track again. So so you so favorite thing in West Virginia was family, by the way, is my favorite thing about Oklahoma too, but um, because my cousins were everywhere, you know. So so you end up in Boston, you end up leaving Boston and coming to San Diego. What makes you come to San Diego? I mean I know it's a guy, but right. But what, what is it about? Well, to start real producers, actually. So I was selling Cutco in Boston. And, right. I, and again, this is my like 10th or 11th year. I'm bored because it's your 10th or 11th year. And I'm just not, don't feel challenged anymore. Um, and I was just like bored with what I was doing. But also, and it, yeah, it was easy money and all the, all the things. But I was like, all right, well, it's time to, it's time to like grow the next level of wings mm -hmm. and like see what else you're made of. So my friend shout out to remington ramsey he started real producers mm -hmm. so it's a part of n2 companies our parent company and um they've been around for almost 20 years actually 20 years next year and then um so set what year 17 17 16 or 17 remington's introduced to uh n2 company he thinks he can do it and create something specific a trade publication specific to real estate mm -hmm. in each city um here's the concept they were like prove that you can do it and we'll we'll see what this could do he proves that he can do it in the indianapolis does it really well they open up a they open up like an actual concept and create like a business a business mm -hmm. and then um they start to go okay you've proved it and they they proved it in three or four other markets too mm -hmm. so they're like okay 
you can go recruit, we'll pay you. Mm -hmm. So they pay him to go start recruiting. So he immediately goes to Cutco, top producing Cutco people. Mm -hmm. We're his first, we're his first little. Like, Brewing grow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. they're like, I know you, you know me, you can sell, here's this concept, go do it. So did he work for Cutco? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's all Cutco people. There we go. Okay. All so, high level Cutco people. So speaking of Cutco, I have a question. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, but the guy that wrote Giftology. Yes, John Ruland. John Ruland came to Pathfinders the other day, my daughter's church. <laughs> and yeah, and and spoke. Wait, and literally where at? Uh, in San Marcos. Awakened Why church. Why does he get oh. Awakened Church in San Marcos? Yeah. So he comes to speak and I'm literally sitting there listening to him and I'm like, oh, this guy is on to something, right? Yeah. And so I literally bought his book, yeah. Giftology before he finished talking. Yeah, for sure. And like, as soon as I walked out the door, I had it on tape and my daughter, I was my daughter's ride back to the house and she comes out and gets in the car and she goes, what's that? And I said, that's our guy. Don't you recognize his, na his, yeah, voice? his voice? That's our guy. So right? how'd they fly it? They flew him out? I don't so know. So Pathfinders just has, cause I know about Pathfinders, but I see they have high level speakers come in. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he was, he was one of the best of all of them. Um, and he just, I'd never heard him speak before. I he didn't a, know, a cool story. I didn't know anything about him, you know? And I was like, oh, I like this guy. Dude, he's made Cutco a shitload of money. In fact, yeah, want, want, to, want me to tell you another web of funness with John Rowland? Okay, well, do me a favor. I want him on the podcast. You want him on the podcast? So will, okay. you, will, you, will you connect me? <sighs> yeah, I do know who I can, okay, can you remind me? Okay, remind me. Okay. But, because um, yeah, I have a few people that know him, of course. And I, I, like, if I knew, like, here's the thing, I do know him. Mm -hmm. I don't know him well enough to probably, uh, like, have a cell phone. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have a cell phone. For funsies, let's, let's <laughs> I don't think I have a cell phone, but, like, I'm like, do I have a cell phone? Um, he's a really nice guy. He um, really is. No, I don't have a cell phone. But, uh, or maybe, maybe he spells it, John. Are you HLA? No, nah, I don't have it. But I do know who I do know a few people who would. So again, I don't have him on speed dial. But the funny thing is, when I've seen him at events, like even the last couple of years, he's like, "Oh, hi Jesse, oh, hi, hi John." Like well, he knows me by my first name, which is kind of cool. That's very cool. Um, so fun fact, my high okay, it's the web. So N two company was started by ex Cutco people. Okay. Then, then Remington gets in and starts the real producer product, starts to take off with it. They, again, keep attracting more real producer people, uh, I'm sorry, more Cutco people to the organization. Mm -hmm. But here's the fun, the craziest fact of all. So my, his name's Mike Malatich. He was my hiring manager for Cutco. I've mm -hmm. known him since 2005. Mm -hmm. He was the hiring manager for John Rulin. Oh, wow. Three years prior to that. Wow. So John Rulin's been, again, working for Cutco since like 2002 or something yeah. but like Mike Malatich is still went even moved back to his home in Ohio yeah. that's probably right near John's original town I yeah. think John lives in Missouri though I don't know I could be wrong I don't know where he lives actually um, but he's got a beautiful family and uh, beautiful wife and long story short yeah so it's the web because Mike Malatich now works for uh, real producers Wow. and he started yeah, he started and even approached me early on, and I was like, go kick rocks, I'm happy selling Cutco, because I knew he went off and did something else, but I didn't understand the concept. Yeah. But that's what really brought me to San Diego, too. Yes, here's what happened. So I was dating a guy long distance. I'm dating a guy long distance. Um, I knew we'd get to this. Yes, so I live in Boston, he lives in San Diego, he's half black, half Mexican. 
he's not moving to Boston because his family's from here, born here. Mm -hmm. I don't have, I have fun in Boston, but I don't have family there. Nothing, no right. real anchor. Nothing's keeping you there, right? Nothing. And I'm also like a gypsy, like you put me anywhere, I'll figure it out and have a good time and like, you know, make, I know, I know that make it happen. I love that about you. <laughs> yeah, like put me anywhere, I'll make it happen, right? Actually, I'm gonna get this thing for our home. Like my, my husband's last name is Fong, so my last name's Wright Fong. I kept my, my last name and still go by it because I like already built it, so I'm not gonna change it, right? right. But uh, I wanna write like a, I wanna get like a thing made on the, like a, picture made not a picture but you know a nice thing that says family fong values and i want all of our values on it but oh, cool. um i always like my my kid will say like mommy oh, 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 but mommy can you do this can you do this and i'll sometimes I'll, I'll, yes how do we ask nicely i'm trying to get him to say please and thank you all the time mm -hmm. so he he'll and he'll do it anyway my son um sometimes i'll end up saying in the back of my head like mommy gets things done because mm -hmm. i want him to know that mommy and daddy get things done mm -hmm. We get shit done. Mm -hmm. Like you ask me to do something, I will. I'll, I'll get it done. Mm -hmm. Or I'll let you know I can't get it done. But mm -hmm. we get things done. I acknowledge you when you ask for something, and we, we get things done. So anyway, I digress. So um, I'm in Boston. I think that's a great idea, by the way. What? Yeah, write down the values. I love we it. have to, and then I want to go through them. We're already saying affirmations well, yeah. like, on our way to school. What's value number so. six? Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. What's value Because they'll ask you. They'll ask you because here's what's going to happen. And I told my kids this: when they become teenagers. They are going to come at you to challenge your value. Yeah. And I told my kids, I said, you better bring it. If you're going to come to me, come at me yeah. to challenge my values, you better bring it. Yeah. Because so far you've already lost. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. And they never did. They never once came at me to challenge my values because I prepared them ahead of time. Yep. I said, listen, you know, I'm formidable. Yep. You've and met me, are, right? Yeah. Yeah. These are it. No, totally. We're already saying affirmations on our way to school too. So it's like, it. I'm just really working hard to like, you know, I want to raise a stand up little dude. Yeah. I want to raise a man, you yeah. know, so I'm, I'm being very intentional. Um, yeah, I'm being very intentional. That's cool. So, so I moved to, I moved to Boston, but here, or I'm sorry, I'm in Boston, but um, I'm bored. Okay, so you're in Boston. I'm in and, Boston, and I'm bored. I'm dating a guy. Okay, hold on, just so, just so we're clear. You, you're in Boston because you followed a guy to Boston. Yeah. And then, and I, then you kicked him. Yep. Right. He's kicked to the curb curb and then you meet this guy no no no. i kick him to the curb i live and stay in boston for like another another four years like i got I'm it i got it time. but yeah. you kicked him to the curb yeah, yeah. i got it okay so <laughs> you're you're kind of a heartbreaker aren't you yes so so then so then you meet this guy from san diego i meet this guy from cutco i knew him already oh so he's at he's, he's with cutco he's with cutco I know him because I see him on company trips because there's payoff trips. For oh, yeah, yeah. So you guys get together so, and they reward you and all that yeah, kind of stuff. So yeah, so yeah, every yeah. year you have a few payoff trips. There's a few so conferences. The top producers, so I always see him. All the okay. top producers know each other. So okay. I see him and wave to him and hug him. And I just realize this, these guys are really cute. And we start okay. to flirt. And I'm like, eh. So then we go on a company trip. And, yeah, sparks fly. And I'm like, all right. So we start dating long distance because I'm like, well, I like you. You like me. And so we date long distance. So in the interim, I'm bored with Cutco. Remington's hitting me up. Yo, you gotta check out this opportunity, this real producer opportunity. You gotta check it out. It's a national franchise, but it's pretty cool. There's no franchise fee to get on. They'll probably start making franchise fee, but right now it's still free. You should really get in. It just, takes, it just takes ramp up. It takes time, but you can do it. You're the perffect fit for San Diego. The market's wide open. You're, cause I'm like, dude, man, type of guy or type of girl, like, you know, He's like, you're a perfect fit of where like hard work, Boston, East Coast meets cool surfer, you know, San Diego vibe. Like you should, you should really take this market. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm not getting any younger. Mm -hmm. I'm dating this guy who right. lives there. Who's not leaving. Yeah, he ain't leaving. I'm like, all right. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know a single person, but you know what? I'll figure this out. So I knew I knew him. I knew Eric Gilman, who sells Cutco too. I and I knew, and I knew uh, Adam Sobieski, who sold, still sells Cutco. I'm not sure he invested in Sydney. I don't know what the hell that guy does. Anyway, I knew those three people. Uh, and I ask them all for help. TC doesn't, the guy I moved here for, doesn't really know real estate. I ask Eric Gilman for help and I ask Adam Sobieski and they tell me to kick rocks. They, really? They, they blew me off. Really? Eric blew me off for- oh, Eric's I, in the doghouse now. He is. But he, he, you can bring, bring him in and then bring him right out and bring him up to him the next time you talk to him. Because <laughs> here's, what, here's what happened. He, he, um, he doesn't understand the concept and I also wasn't good at explaining it. It was a brand right. new concept to me. I was selling ads. I've never sold ads before. Right. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Right. So like I tried to pitch Eric on why, and by the way, I didn't pitch him on money. I needed him to connect me to five of his top performing realtors and five of his favorite affiliates. That's mm. all I wanted. Let yeah. me do the rest. And he wouldn't make those introductions. Mm. So several months went by and he'd see me taking selfies with top performing realtors. Mm -hmm. And he finally was like, okay, I've been working my whole career to get in front of that realtor. Mm -hmm. How is she in front of them? Mm -hmm. And it's because I have nothing to sell realtors. I just want to share their story. Right. Share their inspiration. Share what they got going on. Exactly. Welcome to the podcast. Exactly. So that's <laughs> exactly. Right. So uh, that's all I did. And that's how our model still is. I still have nothing to sell realtors. Right. So, and we keep it that way on purpose. Because mm -hmm. as soon as I start charging a realtor for a feature, the whole, the whole, the whole bottom will fall out. That's right. not our that's not our platform. So long story short, Eric's like, sees me. He's like, Oh dude, what do I got to do to get in with you? Mm -hmm. And I was like, let's sit down and talk. Like I've been building this for months and you haven't freaking helped me. So right. like, try, this is where I need your help. Right. So now we're partnered and we're good. And right. now he loves it. Yeah. And it's all, and now we, we have such a real, we have a cool partnership going on. I meeting him for lunch, I think this week or next week or something. Um, but that's how I make my move. And that's how I get started and start real producers. But here's the thing. I literally get here and start working in January, 2018. Mm -hmm. Was it 17 or 18? I think it was eight, it was 18. And um, I literally went nine months through ramp up. Mm. I went nine months with no income. So, so I'm so grateful for my past hard work with Cutco, my mm. saving strategy. I've always been a saver, been saving money. I wish I started saving money earlier, but like I've been saving money since I've been 25 mm. without, without any hiccups. Like I don't, I've never missed rent. I've never missed a Roth payment, mm. period. Won't do it. Right. And I saved a few other things and paid for all this other stuff. But like, I've, I've been very, you know, I'd still go out and party and have a good time, but I always have money mm. to, to make sure I was saving. And so um, thank God for that because I went through my savings in while I was building this business, and then um, and then it finally the you know it finally started to come to fruition and everything kind of start, started to tumble. And now it's been six seven years. I've been here for seven years in in the magazine I've been running for six, which is kind of wild to think about. It's like it's kind of a chunk of time. And then uh, you know I don't foresee this having an expiration date anytime soon. The expiration date I think would be when I decide I want to exit. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't want to exit anytime soon. I just want to double down again. I want to double down again in real estate. I want to, I want my husband and I want to own more, more real estate. Yeah, you should. Yeah. So that's where, that's the next, that's the next big step is like, and it's this, it's this time it's my turn to buy mm -hmm. is what my husband said. So like, yes, we work things out together, like mm -hmm. finance financially, but he wants me to go through the process of the underwriting and all the things. Cause he wants me to understand, 
because he bought the first house mm-hmm. and I didn't have any. I was just like, I actually, I actually met my husband at a real estate related event mm-hmm. in San Diego mm-hmm. and he was at an investor event and he was just this, he's an engineer. He had, and you could tell he stood out like a sore thumb because mm-hmm. you could tell investors and fixers and contractors and networkers and lenders like you know what these people look like and how they talk like you know a salesperson right but I met him and I was like oh you're like he stood out like immediately I was like oh you're you do like you are not good at this like you do not this is you is this your first time ever networking like I was like oh this guy's never been he's never done anything like this and it was like it was his first few times like being in a position to network and be be around people and that's what he said and I remember the first thing I said to him he goes, um, well, me and my buddy, I said, what are you doing here? If you're like, oh, you're an engineer. Oh, interesting. I was like, oh, okay, an engineer, but uh, well, what, how'd you find out about this? He's like, oh, I was looking up investor events because I, I want to get in, in investing. I was like, oh, cool. Well, what, how much money you got? Like, I, don't, I think I just like, just asked him just like that. Like, cause again, I just shoot from my hip. But I was like, okay, what kind of money you got? What you got? What are you working on or whatever? And he's like, well, me and my buddy's got some money. Uh, me and my buddies are going in on a deal. We got like 500,000 and we're looking for like, you know, commercial property. And I looked right at him and was like, <sighs> and I laughed at him and I go, you're gonna need a shitload more than $500,000 to invest it or for, for some commercial property here yeah. in San Good Diego. Luck. Yeah, Good. and I looked right at him and laughed and I said that exact thing. And then he, and again, we just kept talking, but I, and I was obviously said it with cooth, but I, I remember saying that, like poo-pooing him, like you're gonna need a whole load more than that to invest around here. But you're, and that's what I said. I said, but you are in the right place. Let me go introduce you to a few of my friends that I think you could talk to. And I introduced him to Andrew Greer. Andrew ended up, uh, I introduced him again. Andrew sat down with me, sat down with him individually, whatever, and ended up selling us our house. So, and um, yeah, just a beautiful story and how that all worked out too. So like. Anyway, the man. yeah, it was a cool situation. We went and looked at this property that actually my husband Jason found because he got a hit. Uh, he he was like, "Hey, I want to look online. Can you just get me access to the MLS?" So I and so Andrew gave him the access, right? So he can he can go and look at deals. So Jason was and we were living together in Mission Valley at the time, uh, but only like I did. I started dating Jason, and then six months we moved in together. Mm-hmm. And then six seven months after that, I think he was buying the house. Like mm-hmm. it was like that fast. Mm-hmm. And then, no, it wasn't six months after they were having kids, but six months after that, we were like, all right, I think we want to marry you. Okay. And then like, then we were like, okay, let's make plans to do all those things. So, so you buy the house first and then you get married? Uh, yes. There you go. And I do recommend that people don't even get married anymore. Just elope. You get married, you go get the marriage license, but you shouldn't spend any more than like a thousand dollars on a wedding. Fucking save the money for the house. Yeah. Invest your money. <laughs> Invest your money. Yeah. Stop buying, stop. Yeah. You don't need a dress and all this stupid shit. Yeah, so right? I spent all the money I had on my wedding. Yeah, that was... It's, it was dumb. It what? was dumb. But but I married her. I mean, I, I I kissed her for the first time at the Hotel Del Coronado. So I had to marry her there. Uh, and so I married her there. And it was expensive. It was not cheap. Uh, but it was freaking insane. Yeah. It was really nice. It's something you're going to remember the rest of your life. The, o- the, only, the only thing I say is like the worst part for most people is that they spend the shit on their wedding. Mm-hmm. They don't get the house right away, which they should have. Mm-hmm. And then they end up getting divorced. So it's mm-hmm. like, it just doesn't, it doesn't, like, again, 50% of people do that, right? So that doesn't make sense to me. Um, so yeah, no, we eloped. It was great. And speaking of that, actually, I'm wearing my wedding ring today, which mm-hmm. I don't ever do, or my, my engagement ring, but this is how far we've got. Mm-hmm. It's been our, we've been married for three years. I still don't have a wedding band, and he still doesn't have a ring at all. <laughs> well, he doesn't even 
Carrie! So I decided, he won't listen to this anyway, but I decided that, he might, but like I decided this Christmas, I'm gonna get him his, I'm gonna get him a wedding ring. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> What a sweet thing. That's right, sweet thing three years later. Dude, that's how much we, like, again, we have kids now. We just went boom, 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 boom. Like, we just, and we're both working and hustling right now. Like, he's building the ADU in the backyard. Like, we're we're finalizing some serious stuff. So we we just don't care about the little Like, that does not matter. Like, we just want to, like, go and say, and, like, we were going to take a trip to, uh, and I want him, like, a big old family trip for all of our, both of his family, my family, and any of our friends to come and meet and go to Mexico and, like, do a kid-friendly resort. And I was trying, I was looking at planning it for, you know, Q1 for 2024, and I just, I just bailed on it because I was like, dude, I want to buy another house. <laughs> I don't want to go travel because I want to, like, buy another house. Like, that's how serious I am about this goal right now. Yeah. So, like... I'm doing everything I can to get positioned to, in in the right places and talking to the right people. And this is exactly the kind of thing that I'm talking about. So a few years ago, before the kids, you're all in on the Cabo thing. Oh yeah. Right. Now that you have kids, now you're thinking about it differently. Yeah. Right. You're looking at it differently and going, okay, we need to build for the future. We need to build for these children. We need, you know. Here's so. the thing: we live in San Diego. It is beautiful here it's gorgeous yeah and i don't use any of the amenities guess me how many times guess or ask me how many times i've been to the beach this year how many times you been to the beach this year F none <laughs> not a single time okay so you should go once in a while i should go once in a while i go once a week Exa exactly i should try maybe listen, twice, but exactly. i'm only there for a few minutes so either way i pay know. a lot of money to live here yes you do and i'm not using any of the amenities so i just yeah. told my i told my husband that i said listen Enough of the BS. Yeah. We don't need to go anywhere else. People can come to us. We have a freaking second house yep. right next door to us that's an Airbnb that we yep. operate as an Airbnb. They can stay there for free. They have a third car. They can literally drive our car for family and friends that come over. Y'all can come to us. We right. have a, we live in a destination. Yeah. Period. Staycation is a real thing in San Diego. Yeah, so it we're really doing is. more staycations or doing stuff around here that's mm -hmm. fun or long weekend type of things. My husband also has a boat that he's like looking to sell because again, we just don't get to play on it. Mm -hmm. But like, I even told him don't sell it actually because again we're I think we're in a position where we can start playing on it. So I'm like, don't sell as the it. Kids, as the kids get older, that's going to be a really fun thing. Right. And and they'll enjoy it. I mean, my kid, my parents had a boat when I was growing right. up, and some of the most fun we had was going out and my dad used to call it boring holes in the in the ocean. But you know, we that's some of the most yeah, fun we had. We go love out, to read a book, let them jump. A, we go out on this. They got a. a a boat called the Hummingbird, and we'd go out on the Hummingbird, and we'd go out out of the Oceanside Harbor. It was in the harbor. Uh, we go out of the Oceanside Harbor, and the dolphins would escort us. That is one of the coolest things ever. And Come like on. every single time we were really? out there, they would go escort us, and they would literally swim with us. They were no playing, way. you know, and they're just playing alongside. And it's one of the coolest things, you know, as a kid growing up. It's one of the coolest things to, you know. See, that's so cool. Yeah, Even as an see, adult, yeah, to see them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, again, so. I'm trying to, I'm trying to actually convince him to not sell it anymore. Even though I'm not like an ocean gal, I'm mm. more of a lake. You put me on a lake with a like a ski boat or a mm. wingboard boat, I'm all in. The ocean freaks me out, but I'll do it. Like I'll stay. Obviously, I just like again, I've got these kids. I need to get them to the beach. Like we live at the beach. Like, like we went to Mexico to go to the beach. Mm. That is so dumb. Yeah. That's really dumb. Is. Like I'm done. Like I'm done being dumb. Right. Like, and so I told Jason I want to do more staycations this year. That means maybe we just get a sitter for the weekend, and me and you go 
like hang out in our own city or go to Kona Kai and like do Kona Kai for the, with Kona the boys. Kona Kai is really cool. Yeah, like 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 let's spend the money in our own plate in yeah. our own in our own city. Not a bad idea. So that's what we're doing now because I want to save some money and uh, again I'm gonna load the gun and get ready to pull the trigger on some real estate. That's Beautiful. like. Okay, so we know that real estate is the next thing. So is there anything else that's happening that's coming that you want to talk about that you're working on uh, no. that you want to promote? No. Okay. No, we're just, you know, what we've identified that we're good at at Real Producers is um, putting together great opportunities and networking events for our community, for, for real estate community. So, and they're a little bit higher level. Mm -hmm. Um, higher level people that are attending, especially in this market we're shifting into, there's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be like 2020 and 2021 where anybody could be in real estate. This is going to get hard and um, top performers are going to be out there yep. and, um, and they're in, 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 in all, on both sides, real, realtors, investors and um, affiliates mm -hmm. and a lot of, and there won't be the people that we saw the last couple of years won't necessarily be here and that's okay. That's a good thing for top performers. Um, so that's what's coming down the pike is that we want to get more purposeful about events. They don't have to be big, huge events, but very intentional. Like our first event of the year is going to be like a tax related event to mm -hmm. mitigate taxes and uh, protection. So I'm going to have like Skylar Hoffman, who I just love. Um, he runs Hoffman and Ford. Um, he's a phenomenal real estate attorney. He'll, he'll be there to talk about protection wise. And then uh, we're going to have some really great tax professionals. Mm -hmm to talk about mitigating that because that is like a big portion of it. These high income earners, like they're always looking for one more opportunity, like one more, not loophole, but one more like tax strategy that's there for you. But like we talk about playing the game, playing it, like you gotta play the game. And that doesn't just mean playing it right. You have to do the financial piece correctly. The back end. The well, income. taxes are a huge deal in real estate investing. Yes. Uh, depreciation is a big deal and all the write-offs that you have. That's all a great big huge part. 1031 tax for exchanges, all of that. Right. All of that is a big huge part of what makes real estate investors millionaires right. and makes them really, really successful. Right. So um, taxes are a huge deal. Now, I don't know if you if you listened to the podcast interview with Alan Nevin about his new book. No, but I want to. But we, we should do an event for Alan's I book. I know, you talked about um, that. It's, um, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, it, you get a chance to read it. What, it's it's called, called The Next Half Century. Yeah. And it talks about, I mean, it talks about, listen to the podcast because we go over each chapter, but um, but it talks about California, it talks about uh, Texas and Florida and all that, it talks about all that, but it also talks about China and Japan and um, Vietnam and some of these, some of these other countries, Russia, the, yeah. the European Union, um, and he talks about where they're headed. Um, it, so, and I don't know if I told you this, but when I first sat down with him for the first interview that we did where we got his life story on tape, right before we hit record, he goes, you know, you're, do you're doing this at the perfect time. And I said, why is that? And he goes, oh, he goes, in the last three years, over a billion people worldwide have gained internet access. Mm. And he goes, in the next three years, another billion will. Wow. And he goes, that's how they access podcasts and YouTube right. channels, and you know, right? And it's like, yeah. And he goes, we are literally positioned in the U.S., to help all these other countries that want to become, go from third world to second right. world, that kind of thing. We're literally the best positioned hmm. nation on the planet to help them take their nation to the next level. Interesting. It's insane. And what's interesting about it is 
and, and you know, Alan says this and he's right. If you know demographics, mm -hmm. you know the future. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that he talks about in the book is literally China is in decline. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't think that they are, but once you read his book, you'll understand why. Japan is in decline. Mm -hmm. Wait, um, does it have to do with a, for a <coughs> economy to run successfully for the long haul, you need exactly two kids per adult? And because of China, that, because of China's one-child policy, right? Because of how long they did that, yeah. right? And they have an exodus happening of, of China of people of Chinese citizens that are coming to the U.S. Oh. Last year, last year, last fiscal year, there were twenty-six thousand plus Chinese nationals that crossed illegally across our southern border wow. into the U.S. Wow. There's not another nation that they came from that that, that these immigrants came from. There's not another nation that's even close. Mm -hmm. The next nation is like 11,000. There are 26,000 plus just last year that came here illegally. Right, right. We're not even counting the ones that came here legally, mm -hmm. right? The ones that came on a student visa and overstayed it and that kind of thing, right? Yeah. So, so what he's saying is, he's like, look, all these other nations, Russia is another example. Russia has lost millions of people in the last few years. Mm -hmm. and. They're, and they're having a tough time because they need employees. They right. need people to man the, the, the factories. And, and, you know, I say man, I don't mean, you know, you know what I mean? To, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, work. To work the factories, uh, men and women, right? They need um, those types of, and so, I mean, it's the, his book is just fascinating. Yeah. If you think you know the world, wait until you read his book. Right. Because it will change your entire right, view right, right. of everything. Yeah. It's really cool. That is interesting, because that's what I've heard, that exactly to make an economy run for the long haul, like years and years and years and years and years, generations, you need exactly, from what I understood, two people or two kids per couple. Mm -hmm. So if I only had one kid, then the person over here had three, we'd even out. Mm -hmm. So like all of it evens out, yeah. but and in China, that's why they're upside down. Mm -hmm. Same in Japan. I heard there's like significantly more men than women, mm -hmm. which is causing well, a problem. Well, their workforce is older. So the vast majority of their workforce is 60 plus years old in oh, Japan. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so they're trying to extend people's retirement age and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to do what they can to put, to put a Band-Aid on a hemorrhage. Mm -hmm. It's literally they're going down like mm. fast, and um, and it's it's just yeah. Because if you're only having one kid and you're just not in your your the family unit that like secular unit is starting to die. And from mm. what I understood from some of the stuff I've been listening to, is that was what I thought that that's what kind of our government was interested in doing too is like killing that secular unit. I'm not quite sure why. That's another topic, but like, <laughs> but like, um, yeah. If you don't have that like your next generation will suffer. Yeah. This is interesting. Yeah. It's fascinating. So, so, so anyway, so, um, so I think we should, I think we should do something. And, and by the way, he's writing another book. I know. He's got another it, book that'll be out in the in and, year. It's all right. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Cause like literally 2024 is almost all booked. Mm -hmm. Like the mm -hmm. whole, the whole year. Like I, I get ahead of it like that. So my, I have an idea of what we're going to talk. Well, you know, we're going to do a mastermind. I don't know specifically what we're going to do, but it can, it could change because again, somebody asked me, they're like, Oh, like you need to, I don't know. People ask me to do a lot of things, but I'm like, I'm in real estate or like, I won't like, I got to stick to, I got to stick to the topics that for the community. I can't just go off on the limb and do a, like a, this woman wanted me to do like a woman's event. And I'm like, but I, 
I'm confused. Like mm -hmm. I, I do real estate. I stick in the road. So mm -hmm. we have to make it relate to real estate and it would, but like, anyway, more to come on that. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Anything else you want to talk about? No. Okay. I'm just glad to like, I'm glad that we connected. I'm glad, glad to be here. Like again, podcasting's cool. Again, I just shoot from the hip. So, yeah. oh boy, hope, uh, hope you liked it. Yeah, I did. Okay. I love, you. <laughs> I love you too, man. Thanks for being here. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Mike Litton Experience. If you did, do us a favor. Smash that subscribe button. Tell your friends, family, and coworkers about our program. And wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a rating. It helps us to connect with quality people just like you. And that's a wrap. Another episode of the Mike Litton Experience in the books. Reach out to Mike on Instagram at Litton Realty. Want to meet with Mike? Check out calendly.com slash Rio 760.